This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Nidell, and today is Wellness Week, day number three. If you've been following along this journey for the past two days, day one, we covered some high-level dietary items, right? really high-level, how to manage macronutrients, how to understand micronutrients, right? what we do and what we put in our body, calories in versus calories out, why DEXA scan or, or some sort of body fat monitoring is important and figuring out your basal metabolic rate, and that anybody that doesn't ask you for that, anybody that gives you diet advice without requiring that, I don't believe they have your best interests in mind. In day two, we covered eating for your blood type, right? And although there's some witchcraft science behind that, as some might say, my personal experience in that has been second to none. Being an O-positive blood type, diving into meats, fruits and veggies, nuts, and staying away from carbohydrates unless I can pull them from the ground, yams and sweet potatoes, and actual potatoes. I just stay away from it. It's completely changed the way that I feel inside my body. It's decreased the inflammation. It's increased my energy levels, cleared up my skin, and done so many more things for me that I believe that to be a great place to start. But as we look here at day three, we're going to get a little more tactical today. Today, we're going to talk about hormones. Yes, hormone regulation and ultimately modulation. Those terms side by side you might not have heard before or haven't heard used in conjunction. So let me explain what both are first. Right, our bodies are a cornucopia of different hormones. Now, I don't have a scientific background, I guess kind of with engineering, but certainly not in exercise physiology or how the human body works, definitely not biology. So some of this might be a little, we'll say, quote unquote, bro science. Some of this will be things that I've learned across my time in the fitness space, books I've read, seminars I've attended, and coaches I paid. But all these end up being things that I have found to be beneficial. We're going from the top to bottom, right? Pointing at my neck, you have your thyroid that's located really in your neck. The easiest way to view your thyroid ends up being the thermostat for your body. No different than you have a thermostat in your house and you can turn it hot and cold. Your thyroid re really regulates your metabolic propensity. It regulates how efficient your body burns calories. So if you've been on a crash diet before, if you've done some things that are ultra aggressive to lose a bunch of weight in a short period of time, that puts your body in a panic state and your thyroid doesn't produce the hormones at the most efficient level that it could because it doesn't know how to catch up. And your body is fighting to be prepared for the future, assuming you're not going to feed it full of calories. The thyroid helps regulate T3 versus T4 production. Those are the actual hormones that are processing inside your body. So if you happen to have a thyroid that does not function optimally, meaning you don't produce enough thyroid hormone, you might be put on a small dose of T3 or T4. Oddly enough, I think it's called Cytomel. I'll tell you why I know it's called that. In my bodybuilding days, in an effort to consistently lose weight, as I would crash diet down into a show, and really not crash diet, but be in a massive depleted caloretic state, I would find ways to buy T3 or T4, 
and I would eat them one or two a day. I would eat them because my body was going to that, oh shoot, I might not eat again, I'm not getting enough calories, and my thyroid production was wanting to shut itself off, I would use synthetic thyroid hormone to offset the difference. Which sounds like a good idea, right? Like, man, well, couldn't I just use that to lose weight? Sure, you can. Unfortunately, the thyroid is the only, one of the only functions of your body that does not regenerate. So when you use and abuse thyroid medicine for too long, it will long-term wreak havoc on your body's ability to reset to a base level. Meaning to me, the long-term risk versus reward is not there. Because if you take it too long, you might as well just say you're going to take it forever. And so, let's assume that part goes and everything's good there. And eventually we go through your body and we get to your pancreas. And the pancreas is this other crazy part of your organ inside your body that really starts to regulate insulin sensitivity. So if you, you yourself or you know someone that's diabetic, they have a pancreas that's not functioning the way that it needs to. And so they might be taking insulin. But there's actually a, a trifecta of hormones that are regulated kind of in that part of your body. Insulin, insulin-like growth factor, and human growth hormone. There's a combination of the way that those three different hormones need to operate in conjunction to one another to completely optimize your body's efficiency in producing all of those. So let's look at insulin for a second. No shame in saying it. There was a point in my life where I was taking insulin to gain weight, to put on body mass. Because when you're not diabetic and you take insulin, insulin ends up being the most anabolic hormone known to man. However, when you take insulin, it is also a storage hormone. So everything that you eat during the active half-life of insulin gets stored in your body. So if you eat an abundance of calories and eat things that aren't clean foods, that too gets stored, just not as muscle tissue. You're going to accumulate fat at a more rapid propensity. Now I also come to find out, I didn't know this in the, in the time I was taking it, but because I had taken growth hormone, human growth hormone for so long, my body had stopped producing its own growth hormone in some capacity, and I became insulin resistant. And so I was actually having to take insulin to help process and like balance myself back out. So all I was doing was essentially just getting fat, right? Carrying more mass around my midsection. Didn't feel good at all. And so there's a couple times in your daily life that your human growth hormone levels are naturally the highest. First one is in the midst of REM sleep, that deep sleep state, random eye movement sleep. And so you look at it and you say, man, well, how do I know if, I, if I'm getting that sleep? We got to track it, right? So you, you should 100% track your sleep and see just how much REM and deep sleep you're getting. Because human growth hormone, HGH for short, is great at burning fat. It's great at muscle recuperation and cell regeneration. It does a bunch of things that are very healthy for your body. Hair, skin, and nail growth. Increased ocular clarity. There's a lot of benefits to human growth hormone, whether synthetic or natural. 
which then also means that sleep is incredibly important. So the second most heightened sense of human growth hormone during your day is in the midst of a heavy muscle taxing full body workout. So the idea of sweating, right? How I say you should get out and sweat, you should do something every day. You should physically exert yourself because that's the other time of the day where human growth hormone remains the highest. And I don't remember the exact statistics, but it's somewhere between two and three hours it takes your levels to fall back down to baseline. So you have this what would be called fat burning or anabolic window. Right? So you hit peak REM sleep and you get two or three hours of heightened HGH afterwards. You get two or three hours after the hour that you work out. Let's say you sleep for six hours and you know, you're in REM for most of the time. Let's say you're in it for two hours, which would be a good percentage. So you can say really you get four or five hours of heightened growth hormone release there. You train for an hour and you hit that really good sweat halfway in. So I get another two and a half or three hours. That's a long window of the day where you're recuperating your muscles, you're burning body fat, and your body is optimizing its ability to produce and synthesize protein, which is really what all this stuff is about. But then as we go down, right, obviously I have a male anatomy, so we get down to the genital area of our body, and that's where, of course, testosterone is produced. The testosterone and estrogen axis, right? You have two. You have both. Males, I must tell you, you have estrogen in your body. You actually need estrogen in your body. You actually need cholesterol to help process and manufacture testosterone and keep that access healthy. So for those of you that don't eat red meat, I'm sorry. You're going to need some healthy fats in a pretty good quantity. You're going to need those because you're going to need them to ideally help your body process estrogen versus testosterone. The more important thing, if you're one of those lucky individuals that cares enough about this to get a blood panel done, there's actually a better way to test testosterone and estrogen. It's saliva. The saliva test has been shown to be statistically more accurate time over time when taken in the morning in a fasted state without brushing your teeth, without drinking water. It's really inexpensive. It's like 120 bucks from Everlywell. I don't have an affiliate link for you. I don't have anything like that, but it's a really easy way to start seeing where you're at. But in seeing where you're at, there's some misnomers that go on inside of this testosterone world, right? Us men, like I need high testosterone levels. Yes and no. You need your ratio of testosterone to estrogen to be in line, but you really need your free testosterone to be high. See, my testosterone levels, when I was taking anabolic steroids, we get up to 12 or 1300. Sounds massively high, right? Way outside the scope of normal. However, my free testosterone was only 150. Meaning, out of the 1300 units possible, 1150 were bound to something else. So they weren't really bioavailable to my body. Now that I know what I know, I could have had 600 milligrams of testosterone in my body versus 1,300, and probably gotten 200 milligrams to be free, unbound, and experience more muscle gain and better health than I did by taking all the gear. Now, I've got a high-level rundown of what goes on inside the hormones. Right, so I want to give you some practical tips and tricks, some things that are going to be beneficial to shift you 
from where you're at to maybe something a little more healthy. Now, without having blood panels done for thyroids and thyroid tests, saliva or blood panels done for your hormone levels, there's no good way to give you advice. So take this with a large grain of salt of things that I know have worked for me based off of my blood panels. We'll start with thyroid production. Thyroid and the adrenal glands are kind of all in the same general area. There's some ways to get your adrenals to process things more efficiently. To start with, I would encourage you to consider cutting out caffeine. The cups of coffee that you drink every morning have give or take, especially if they are black coffee or not decaffeinated coffee, somewhere between 150 and 300 milligrams of caffeine in them. And while caffeine is one of the key nootropic items that are out there, long-term exposure taxes your adrenal glands. And when your adrenal glands are taxed, so is your thyroid, and you're not able to process energy as efficiently. And let's say you say, well, Ryan, you're crazy, right? I got to have my coffee. Okay, well, could you cut out the soda? It's got caffeine in it. Could you cut out the high stimulant pre-workout that you take because you need it to get your pump on at the gym? The pump phenomenon is one of the craziest things in the world. For those of you that have worked out aggressively, you know what it feels like, right? When you're curling and your arm feels so swollen like it's just going to rip the skin. There's certainly some anecdotal evidence that says during that time period, you are creating micro tears in the fascia that surrounds your muscle. See, whether you know it or not, there's this sheath that covers every muscle in your body. And some of the growth ability of your muscles is limited by the ability of your muscle sheath, i.e. fascia, to grow. If your fascia is bound in tight and never gets loosened or stretched, never has micro tears, never gets pushed in its capacity, it's not easy to gain muscle. It's just not as quick. So getting into some fascial stretching exercises, getting in to see a myofascial release specialist, those things are beneficial. Drinking your $50 pre-workout, every workout, so you feel super jacked and pumped, I would challenge you to consider having some beets in some water with a little bit of Himalayan sea salt might do the trick for you. It's going to increase blood flow. It's going to increase intercellular hydration. And I'm not saying don't take supplements. I'm saying we're talking about adrenals and adrenal fatigue. And that if you have to start cutting some things out to give yourself overall health, there's still other ways to feel the effect of intra-workout or pre-workout supplements without the high stim. But let's assume you've even done all that. Man, I'm still not, I'm not feeling right. I'm not waking up hungry. I don't need to eat. Nothing's good. Okay. All right. Another little, little tip I have, a little trick I have up my sleeve little product called ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is a naturally occurring herb. And no, not like the herb you would smoke, not talking marijuana. This is something you can buy at your local grocery store. You can buy at CVS or Walgreens. This is something that's a 9 or $10 supplement 
and it's incredibly beneficial for helping clear adrenal fatigue. There's actually a more potent substrand, I believe it's KSM66, that ends up having huge benefits for adrenal restoration. And after a 30-day cycle, if you could do that and cut down on caffeine intake or eliminate it overall, there's a good chance you're going to start to feel better. And certainly after 45 days or 90, life starts to look pretty sweet. So those things are some, some great easy ways to start looking at your adrenals. Let's go down to the pancreas. Let's get, let's get down and dirty as we talk about that IGF-1 insulin, human growth hormone, little trifecta of the body. I've already shared one of the biggest hacks possible. Get really good quality deep sleep. Like really good stuff. I like the type with the blackout shades. They go over the window so there's no light. The type where you put blue blocking tape or actual black electrical tape over every LED that's in your room. The type where you move out your cell phones and the alarm clocks in the bathroom so you don't get that light either. The type where you turn your temperature gauge, you know, the thermometer in your room, somewhere between 65 and 67 degrees. The, time, the type where you, you keep all electronics off for at least an hour before you go to bed. The type of sleep where you go to sleep and give or take the same 30-minute increment every night. That's how you start to increase REM and deep sleep. And by increasing REM and deep sleep, you start to increase HGH. And we start to increase HGH, you don't wake up as sore. If you ever notice when you wake up in the morning after great sleep, you look yourself in the mirror like, damn, I look good. I'm a little tighter. Like, where'd these abs come from? I see a little vein in my arm or I got a little definition in my shoulder. Man, I'm good. Your body's had a higher pulse of HGH and you could be probably a little dehydrated as well. Hate to break it to you. Sleep is a natural dehydration device. And so you get to that point, right? You, you, you start talking deep sleep. You talk, start talking the heavy workout. All right, we got to do some things to really tax our body. Now, heavy is different to each one of us. I'm not saying you have to go deadlift 800 pounds today. But you should break up a vigor. You should break a vigorous sweat. You should be physically exhausted from doing what you did for a workout because you get that anabolic window. Right, you get that you get that human growth hormone production. The other thing we're gonna do, right, is we're gonna start pulling away all refined sugars. Like all the stuff, the candy. Right? There's a there's a conversation to be had around chocolate, right? The chocolate's good for you. Inherently, yes. There's some components inside of chocolate that actually make it beneficial. I don't call them phytonutrients. But in order to get the maximum benefit out of them, the, char- the chocolate has to be dark and organic. When I say dark, like I think it's 77% cacao or greater. So if you're going to drink co- or eat chocolate, go out and buy a 90% cacao, completely natural, organic chocolate bar. Bite into that dude the first time and tell me how great you like chocolate now. It has a completely different taste. It's not ridden and laden with all the junk. So, start cutting out the refined sugars. Eliminate the soda. Eliminate the candy. Eliminate the nonsense. We're going to start to stabilize your blood sugar levels. One of the great ways to stabilize your blood sugar levels as well is to fast. Some intermittent fasting is going to help with that. And Intermittent fasting is not always the right term. We'll just say structured eating. 
might sound crazy to you, but if your last meal was consumed at 7 p.m. and you didn't eat again until noon the next day, you wouldn't die. Like I promise you, won't happen. Even if you need 11, right? Just do a 16 and eight window. 16 hours of not eating, eight hours of eating. Just try it, just, just a handful of times, right? Just for two weeks. And then if you really need to, you start using Cylon cinnamon, C-E-Y-E-L-O-N. I think, yeah, Cylon cinnamon. Put that in your green smoothie shake in the morning. And actually to really start to play this game, take a tablespoon of raw natural and organic honey, put a little Cylon cinnamon on it, and eat it 30 minutes before bed. Just one. That will completely start to stabilize your blood sugar levels as you sleep. So if you're the type that wakes up in the morning or the middle of the night like with hunger pains or you struggle with eating before bed or you have a sweet tooth, that will help really curve and curb those, those cravings. Then we're zigzag down, we're getting back to testosterone and estrogen. Right, I could spend a whole nother episode just on maximizing these two variables. But there's a product that is naturally occurring that will help your body self-regulate these two levels. It is called DIM, D-I-M. And the combination of DIM and ashwagandha together is one of the most potent cleansing combinations that I know as far as regulating my body's hormones. So DIM again can be found almost anywhere, Walgreens, CVS, your local grocery store, any nutritional supplements to shop, and it's pennies, all things considered, because most people don't know about it. It's not sexy, right? It's not, it's not hyper-marketed. So it might be $12 a bottle. You see, DIM ends up being the primary component that's inside of coffrous greens. So think spinach, think broccoli, think maybe some asparagus even. Those dark green, rich vegetables. And when your body digests those and the processes them through, your body begins to self-regulate and say, hey, I've got too much bound testosterone. Let me start to flush some of it out. Hey, my estrogen levels are spiking up. Let me flush some of that out. Hey, we're not producing enough testosterone. Let's increase that a little bit. These work if you're a man or a woman. In some Rite Aids, DIM is actually sold in the women's prenatal section or hormone regulation section next to the Midol and the tampons and everything else. That's because this is what it's used for, right? It's hormone regulation. And it's natural, right? It, it occurs in nature. And so these little variations are the tip of the iceberg in some internal hormone regulation, right? Because it's, it's all well and good to want to lose weight. And it's all well and good to have the statistics behind that. And I heavily encourage you, before you start to really try to modulate your hormones, right? Well, dial them in and modulation ends up being the, the conversation of nothing should remain consistent for too long, which also goes into diet, which also goes into workouts, which also goes into hormones. When I used to take steroids, you wouldn't want to take the same amount every week. You'd, you'd play with the numbers and stair step them and you'd look at them over a long enough period of time and that was called modulation. The thought process behind that is over a certain period of time, we all have a set point in our body. My personal belief is mine is every 72 hours, give or take. So if I eat the same food, if I were taking the same steroids, if I were doing these things consistently, in a 72-hour period, I'm going to just get dialed back into what I used to do. 
Like my body just gets used to it. So you change the amount, you change the frequency, you change the timing of your meals. You do some things to throw your body for a curveball because our body's very, very smart. And so you got to change some things up every once in a while. And so these items, right, get, get yourself a, a good blood panel done for thyroid, get yourself like an Everly Well hormone test or something along those lines for a, a, a swab, and then dive in. Get the statistics so you know how to make the changes. Some of the things to look for for men, lower energy levels, bad sleep cycles, potentially losing your hair, carrying additional weight around your lower stomach on the rear end, not having the energy, not having erections that are all the way like they used to be. These are all signs of a misappropriation of hormones inside your body as it pertains to estrogen and testosterone. Now, notice I didn't say low T because your testosterone could be fine, your estrogen could be too high. You don't know without a test. So don't think that by going out and taking a test boosting tab, that's going to solve the problem. Because it won't, it can actually make it worse because you're adding a secondary testosterone amount in and your body's natural response to increase the estrogen even more and you're just making the problem even worse because when you take away the testosterone booster, now your estrogen levels have spiked and you're in a world of hurt. Science and data. Science and data make this easy. And when you get the science and data on the parts of your hormone, then you figure out how to optimize your hormone levels. It significantly assists you every day in getting shit done.